Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today I have a confession that I want to just pull out and lay it on the table. I know we live in a modern age with great technology. And today you can call me an ignoramus, you can call me foolish, and you can call me crazy all you want to. But with all my heart, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. From Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, I believe every single cotton-picking word found in the Word of God that you're holding in your hands. The Bible that we are reading today is, is not a, a, a book that was collected by just mere mortal men. It was a book organized and, and brought together by the divine sovereign aid of God. As we come to 2 Timothy, you know the setting that Paul's writing this young lad in the faith named Timothy. Uh, Paul is, and, and he is exhorting him about continuing in the things that he learned. And before we move any further, by means of introduction, you know earlier on in 1 Timothy, in 2 Timothy, we talked about how Timothy had uh, two individuals that greatly influenced his life. They were not great men of around in their faith, but they were two women, the Bible says. His grandmother and his mother. And I believe it was those two individuals that God sovereignly chose to teach him all the great passages in the Old Testament. All the great stories. All the great uh, doctrines that they were receiving and teaching and promoting in this time period. And the Bible says in verse number 14, Continue thou. And today, I just want to label my thoughts with, with this phrase, with this, with this thought. The Bible, fact or fiction? Is the Bible fact or is the Bible fiction? Well, it's been a hot debate for thousands of years, but I submit to you today, the Bible is not fiction. It's the written word of inspiration. In fact, that's my key statement that I want to relate to you today. The Bible is, fic is not fiction. It's the written word of inspiration. May I say it again for emphasis sake? The Bible is not fiction. It's the written word of inspiration. In fact, as I was meditating in this section of Scripture earlier this week, this past week, I began to think about this. The Bible is either the greatest factual document or the biggest fictional story our world has ever seen. The Bible is either true or false. Somebody said it like this. The Bible is either the greatest truth or the biggest fraud our world has ever seen. I think I know how you believe about the Bible. But may I share with you what I believe about the Bible? May I just lay it all on the table today? I do not believe the Bible is a fraud. I do not believe the Bible is fake. I do not believe the Bible is false. I believe the Bible is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And if you don't believe that, well, you need to rethink your whole concept of this universe and this world because the Bible declares to us from the very beginning how, how time entered the world, how you entered the world, and how the Bible says how the world is going to end. The Bible is the only religious document our world has ever seen to lay out the very beginning of the age all the way to the very ending and everything in between. Today I want to share with you five reasons why I believe the Bible is true. And I'm going to try to roll through these as, as rapidly, but as respectively as I possibly can. 
I wrote down, first of all, the Bible is true because it provides the way of salvation. The Bible is true because it provides the way of salvation. Look at verse number 14. The Bible says, Timothy is receiving a word by Paul, and it says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Going back to the things that he was taught by his grandmother and his mother and the things that Paul the Apostle taught him. And he goes on to say, Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul reminds Timothy, hey, remember who taught you those things. I think it would be great if we just pause for a few moments and just thank God right now in the middle of this sermon. Say, God, thank you for providing us individuals, men and women, who took time out of their lives to teach us the Word of God. All of us have people here today that influenced us and invested in our spiritual walk. And we should thank God for them. And, and Paul's reminding Timothy to do that. And then, then look at verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible is true because it provides the way of salvation. That is, the true way of salvation. There's all sorts of religions out there today who try to tell you how you can get to heaven. But may I summarize to you today, there's only two religious belief systems in our world. One, one system says that in order to get to heaven, you have to do enough good deeds to where when you stand before a, a God in the afterlife, that your good works will outweigh your bad works. But may I say something today? None of us here today have enough good works to outweigh our bad works. The Bible tells us that we are all sinners and we all come short of the glory of God. The second belief system says this, that you are a sinner and you need a Savior. And His name is Jesus Christ. And the only way to receive that payment for your sin is through faith in Him. You remember some of the verses you learned as a child? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You remember some of the other verses? How thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Or what about that one verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says he that believeth the son hath life, but he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The Bible says he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son does not have life. The Bible says, for us, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Bible says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says that as by one man sinned into the world, and death by sin, and as a result, death has come upon all of us, for all have sinned. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those are some of the verses that we've all memorized over the years. And here we're reminded of the importance of clinging to those and not throwing them in the trash. Here, the Bible reassures us that salvation is by faith and it's through Jesus Christ. You know that verse in John chapter 14? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Extra, extra. Hear all about it. May I confess to you today, may I bring this out on the shelf and lay it before you? Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. 
And if you do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, then perhaps you are not saved and a child of God. So many people have come along the way to say that the Bible is a nice and, and good story that we can teach young people principles and standards to live by. But hey, it's, it's not really the Word of God. Well, I submit to you it is the Word of God because it's the only book our world has ever seen to reveal the way of salvation. May I share with you secondly, from the first part of verse number 16, not only the Bible is true because it provides the way of salvation, but I wrote down secondly, the Bible is true because it provides the words of inspiration. The Bible is true because it provides the words of inspiration. Look at verse number 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Would you read that phrase with me? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Would you do it one more time, please? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Does this mean that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are inspired by God, but Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers and Exodus and Genesis is not? No. Does this mean that, that the minor prophets in the Old Testament that Brother Joel's been teaching through, those are inspired by God, but, but the Pauline epistles like, like uh, Romans and Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and First and Second Thessalonians and Timothy and Titus, does that mean that those aren't inspired? No. The Bible says all Scripture, and let's keep in context who the Bible's being written to right now. You see, we have something that Paul and Timothy did not have. We have the entire canon of Scripture. We have all 66 books lodged and nestled together that we now call the Bible. When the Bible says here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the immediate context is referring to the Old Testament. That is the first five books of the Bible, the, the Psalms and the prophets and all the poetical books, the major and the minor prophets, because those up until that point have already been written and compiled together. The New Testament hasn't arrived yet. That is in the context of this book being written. But now, we know that the Scriptures is more than just the Old Testament. And how the Old Testament pointed to the cross of Jesus Christ. And now the New Testament points back to the cross of Christ. And it also points to the future to reveal to us some of the prophetic sayings and Scriptures in the Old Testament about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible is true because it provides the words of inspiration. The book that you're holding in your hand, these words were written by holy men of God, the Bible says in Peter, and they were inspired by the Spirit of God as they were writing it down. The difference between the Bible and the Quran is the Bible is inspired by God. The difference between the Bible and the Book of Mormon is the Bible is inspired by God, the Book of Mormon is not. The difference between the, the Word of God and the writings of the Kingdom Hall is that this book is inspired by God and theirs is not. The difference between the writings of Hinduism and Buddhism and all the other isms out there is simply this, that the Bible is inspired by God and those others are not. Well, I know what you're asking. Well, what does the word inspired mean? The word inspired literally means God breathed. It goes back to, I believe, the book of Genesis in the first few chapters when, when God breathed in life to Adam and Eve. Just as He breathed life into our souls, He breathed life into this book right here. It's inspired. And as they were writing it down, boom, it was inspired. But then there's a hot debate these days about, hey, do we still have the inspired Word of God? Well, let me share this with you. I believe the God who inspires is the God who preserves. And so if we had an inspired text ages and ages ago when it was first written down, the God of the impossible is able to take that original inspired text and preserve it throughout history to where now we have the Word of God today. 
I'm holding and you're holding in your hand the very inspired, inerrant, infallible, preserved Word of God in our language today. The Bible is true because it provides the way of salvation, the words of inspiration. But now may I share with you as we move forward in verse number 16. I wrote down thirdly, the Bible is true because it provides the words of correction. The Bible is true because it provides the words of correction. This word correction is an interesting word. But look, look at the verse. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is the word, a strong word for teaching. Just as somebody gets up and they teach a lesson from the word of God. They teach about end times. They teach about salvation. They teach about um, all sorts of different things. Here the Bible says that the book that you're holding, the Bible is profitable for that doctrine. Teachings about God and heaven. But then it says for reproof and for correction. This word correction is an interesting word and it literally means a straightening up again. You know, as I read about this, I thought, you know, this would be great if our nation just got a hold of this verse. And if we just turn back to the holy scriptures of God and we allowed it to straighten up our lives again. I don't know if you've ever woke up and smelled the fresh air or the fresh coffee brewing in the morning time. But I'll tell you what's brewing in our world today. It's a world that needs to be straightened up by the word of God and the spirit of God. I'll tell you, the only hope for our nation is for God to step in, send revival and for he to correct us in our lives. I also read this word and, and studied it a little bit further. And it gives the idea of a reformation. We study about Martin Luther and, and, and uh, John Calvin and Zwingli, those three reformers who kind of shifted our whole concept of Christianity back in the 1500s, give or take a little. And, and there Martin Luther went and he, he took and nailed those 95 theses to the, to the Roman Catholic Church of his day. And, and he was seeking to, to pretty much all what he was trying to do was to say, hey, it's time that we get back to just simply allowing people to read the Bible for themselves, to, in, to, to receive what God has said and, and not receiving it only by a priest or a pastor. And here today, I'm thankful that we have the ability to be reformed by the Word of God. Now, maybe your, your picture perfect, and you're just a saint of God, and you, you, you don't need any improvements. Well, why don't you pray for me? Because this guy needs improvement every single day. May God help us to allow His Word to correct us when we're wrong. May God... Take his word and to straighten us up when we're walking down a crooked path. The Bible moves forward and, and it says, not just correction, but for instruction. So I wrote down this forethought today. The Bible is true because it provides the words of instruction. The words of instruction. The word correction and the word instruction are very similar. And concept. But the more you study them, the more you find out the differences between the two. Correction gives the idea to straighten up again and to reform. But this word instruction gives the idea of educating and training. If you're here today and you have children or grandchildren, you know that there's times in, in your life where you, you've got to educate them. And instruct them between right and wrong and how to do things. And by the way, you don't have to teach a baby how to lie or to steal or to cheat. 
It just kind of seems natural, does not? For those of you who have children or grandchildren, it's interesting. Uh, I just simply have lived long enough to notice that, hey, you don't have to teach a little baby boy or a little baby girl or a little young man or a little young woman how, how to do wrong. It just, it just comes naturally because we are contaminated by sin. And the only way to be fixed by that is through the Word of God and through Jesus Christ. Here, the Bible talks the idea of educating and training people about His Word. And here it says specifically, in righteousness. Righteousness is simply a character that is Christian. Sometimes in our lives we have to correct those who are wrong. And we have to thunder down that is wrong and don't do that. But then there's times where we have to put our arm around all so and so. And be like, hey, my brother, my sister. I know you did it this way. That's not the way God wants you to do it. Here's how God wants you to do it. And you teach them and instruct them. That's what this word instruction means. And see, I think it's time that, that yes, I know there's a time and place to, to preaching the word of God and standing firm. But there's also a time where we are to extend grace and mercy to our culture. And say, hey, hey, the Bible says this is sin. But, but here's how God wants us to live our lives for him. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now look at verse 17. It says that the man of God, or if you will, may I just change the altering of this one simple word and just say the child of God, for sake of application, may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yes, we know that Paul's writing to a man named Timothy. But as we receive application today, he wants every child, every man, every woman to be perfect. And so I wrote down fifthly and finally, the Bible is true because it provides the way of perfection. Remember what Jesus said on his Sermon on the Mount? He said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father. Is perfect. That's a hard verse to swallow. The more you study the word perfect in the Bible, it means complete. Completion. Your life will never be completed until Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. People say your life is never completed until you get married. Then people say your life is never completed until you have children. Then people say your life is never completed until you, you buy a home. Or you, you have grandchildren. Or you, you buy a car. Or you, you do this and you do that. I say, no way. The Bible tells us that your life is never completed until Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You can find perfection in salvation. And it's not that, that God takes us and he, he strips us away of all of our sin and we never sin again because we know that's not true. Because we're all sinners and we all are going to sin again in our lives. We all mess up. Whether it's thought, word, or deed, we're going to struggle and sin eventually. But the Bible tells us that the way we are perfected and completed is through the work of Jesus Christ. And He steps into our life. He clean, cleans us of all of our sin. And then He clothes us with perfection. And his righteousness. And then the Bible says here that the man of God or the woman of God or the child of God may be perfect, completed, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And we can do just as this based upon the word of God. 
My confession to you is simply this. The Bible is not a fraud. I know our world tries to discredit everything about the Bible, but it's not a fraud. The Bible is not a fake. Everything in the Bible is real. Now, I'm sure there's a few cities mentioned in the Bible that we haven't discovered yet, but that's okay. Give, give our archaeologists some time, and they'll find those cities. <laughs> if God wants us to find them. Perhaps God doesn't want us to ever find Noah's Ark, because He knows we would worship the Ark more than the God who declared them to build the Ark. Maybe God doesn't want us to find the Ark of the Covenant because we will worship that Ark of the Covenant instead of worshiping the God of the Ark of the Covenant. You see, church, everything in the Bible, you know, from the parting of the Red Sea, from the parting of the Jordan Sea, from, from the God raining down manna from heaven, leading the Israelites by a pillar of fire by night and, a, and cloud by day, all of that stuff, from, from, from Elijah being caught up and, and not dying and going up in a whirlwind, to, to Gideon shouting out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. All of those stories in the Old Testament are true. They're not fake. When Jesus came, he was a, believe it or not, Jesus actually lived on this earth. I know some people don't like to believe that, but he did. He historically lived on this earth. You may not believe the words he said, but he came and he said what he said, and he lived a life that the Bible says he lived. He rose again. You may not believe in his resurrection, but listen, church, he rose whether you want to accept it or reject it. He, and he is alive and forever well in heaven. You may not believe that Jesus took five loaves of bread and little two fishes and fed the multitudes, but he did. You may not believe that he walked up to somebody and touched the eyeballs and gave sight to those who were blind. You may not believe he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus came out of that cemetery that day. You may not believe all that stuff, but listen, church, it is true. And you know what I like? The same power that wrote this book through inspiration. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in every child of God. The Bible is not fiction. It's the written word of inspiration. The Bible is the truth the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It provides the way of salvation. It provides the words of inspiration. It provides the words of correction. It provides the words of instruction. And it provides the way of perfection. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. 
And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.